Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's the one and only V the Gorilla Economist coming to you live. And it's V for Velas right here on Friday where we have the one and only Velas himself. He is the observer of all things geopolitical, 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 geoeconomic. All the things that are going on in the world, this guy tracks them all like an analytical strike strategic computer, tracking all the targets, <laughs> marking all the markers. And watching all the tangos move, it's the one and only Velas. And we have with us also CJ working the airwaves, making sure that this broadcast is coming out crispy and clean. Check out our paid sponsors, MyCBDEdibles.com, MyCBDEdibles.com. For all your CBD edible goodness. And folks, if you want to communicate, you can communicate directly with Velas over at our Discord channel. Email CJ, CJ at RogueNews.com, and ask him for a link. Our channel will hook you up. Email CJ. CJ at roguenews.com. Sorry. I'm hearing myself. Let me close out Twitch. It's all, good. Be, be it's all these feeds. Go. All these feeds. All these feeds. Oh, yeah. So email <laughs> CJ, and uh, he will hook you over the Discord channel. And you can, you know, talk to all of us. Uh, every, we're all pretty much there. Vel is there all the time. So um, great guy to ask questions, too. And with that being said, Vel, there's a lot going on, a lot to delve into. You know, I'm sure you have a litany of things to run down, but also... I want to touch base on the secret army of 60,000 that I just found out about this week, last week. Yeah, we got the same problem we did last week, which is I start putting together material on the front end of the week, and as the week goes on, I'm getting out the equivalent of a, of a big marker and crossing stuff out in my notes and updating them. Um, so, yeah, and I've got uh, – actually, the, the housekeeping section today is a little longer than, than normal folks, so just uh, bear with me um, – and we will definitely get into that that topic because I was I was uh, my keyboard here was smoking when when Gus was talking about that on Wednesday and I kept texting uh, uh, V saying hey uh, I got I got con content on that uh, just just wait for Friday um, so a couple things folks the first is uh, good morning good afternoon good evening to all of you joining the show and thanks for being here um, Friday the twenty eighth next week Friday I will not uh, have a show. Uh, my brain is melting, and I need some recovery. So <laughs> I'm not going to be there and, and uh, enjoy your Memorial Days, everybody, uh, next week. Um, 
had a sidebar conversation with CJ and Nick McDougal on Discord this week, because as V was alluding, I do talk to a lot of folks on Discord. Um, uh, do make sure, everybody, that in your homes or your dwellings, apartments, condos, whatever it may be, that you've got some kind of water filtration system in there for uh, your water. Um, if you aren't in a position to drop the kind of coin necessary for like a double or triple osmosis system, uh, just go find yourselves one of those really good pitcher systems. There's a couple of them out there. You want the ones that don't have just carbon. You want a little bit more to it than that. But um, now more than ever globally, uh, just just make sure you've got access to, to uh, clean water, because especially here in the United States, depending on where you live, we've we've just got <laughs> we've just got some issues there. Um, we had Frank from Quite Frankly, which was uh, an honor uh, in both directions. He was happy to was be on the show. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Frank was sitting there out in the park out in New York. Uh, you know, Frank's still holding the <laughs> holding the fort out there, uh, along with uh, a lot of other brave Americans. Um, uh, it was great to have a chance to have him on our show. Uh, it's great to catch uh, his show. Uh, I, I watch his fairly regularly, and I, I know some of the other folks do too. Uh, Frank catches us when he has a chance as well. Uh, really good interaction with him, uh, and always happy to have you know allies in the alternative uh, media and alternative community uh, here at Rogue. Um, Frank had on his show on Tuesday, and I know we've talked about it here, and I know V and CJ have shown some of the videos uh, about the the American recruitment ads, you know, cartoon and this and the other. And I'm Frank, Emma. right? And I see my new jingle. Can I sing my new jingle? I've been working on it all week. Jingle away, baby. Okay. Be as woke as you can be. Find your gender in the army. Remember that? The all army eyes? Be all yeah. you can be. Find right. your future in the army, right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. So he he showed on his program, um, you know, we've shown here on Rogue, we've shown the, the military ads and the CIA recruitment ads and everything else. He showed the ads that are currently being used in Russia right now. Incredible. It's like watching Spartan 3. It's like watching the 300, man. <laughs> can it's you like pull that, that video up? CJ, can you find it for us? You go You go look for it and tell us if you've, if you've got it. All right, it. yeah, give me a minute. Yeah, it's, no worries. It's like, folks, it's like watching MMA versus a really bad cartoon. So uh, the thing I wanted to share with all of you was, as well as watching the, the – um, the show on Frank, I changed my nationality to Swiss uh, because I felt so uncomfortable being a U.S. citizen watching our military. Oh, my God. Exactly. The other thing, too, about Frank's uh, programs this week is on Thursday night, yesterday, on private chat. Uh, Frank had um, the Zellers on. And I've, I've mentioned these folks before. This is the two. These are two brothers who um, they used to work in New Jersey uh, law enforcement investigation. And uh, did a lot with child trafficking and similar. CJ, have you got it? There it is. Yep. Yeah, it's okay. there. CJ. There we go. It's, it's a short. It's a short ad, but it's it's powerful. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Первый день твоей новой жизни. То, что было вчера, не имеет значения. То, кем ты был прежде, уже никого не волнует. Теперь важно то, кем ты будешь сегодня. Что ты знаешь о себе? 
На что ты способен? Вопросы могут Узнать тебя. Познать границы своих возможностей. К черту границы. Ты готов ломать себя до изнеможения. Каждый день здесь боль закаляет. Шрамы, повседневность. Это ты решил себе что-то доказать. Командир здесь только для того, чтобы ты мог увидеть в нем врага. Потому что без врага нет боя, а без боя нет победы. Но на самом деле, главный враг это ты. Вчерашний ты. Твоя задача выследить врага, догнать его, превзойти, стать лучше, чем он, и вернуться назад победителем. Потому что завтра первый день жизни. Hey, man, at least we're fighting microaggressions, okay? At least. We are. A little, a little uh, color for all of you on that, on that ad you just watched. Um, the first thing is, is you'll, you'll notice that some of the... Um, Soldiers, as they were standing in formation and then uh, did their turn there, they had the uh, white and blue striped little uh, shirts underneath their tunics, and they had the blue berets on. Those those are the Russian airborne uh, soldiers. Um, they're yep. they're very very good. The other thing is is um, Russian is one of those languages that, like in a lot of different countries, it has some subtleties to it. So. Russian sometimes, like really refined Russian, is spoken with almost like a French accent. It's almost kind of very soft. It's kind of more of an erudite uh, way that, that especially people in government and so on tend to speak sometimes. But if you've ever heard those people in the United States who do the ads for like Sunday, 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 raceway, see the tractor pull. Yeah. That's yeah. the type of Russian that was being spoken there. That's that heavy guttural Russian. That's, that's like, you know, man up. Uh, that, <laughs> and that's, yeah, cause that's, not, that's not a delicate guy speaking with a very kind of French accent. That's a hardcore dude. Speaking hardcore Russian, so that just definitely gets my attention. Um, so about the Zellers, um, Frank had the had one of the brothers on last night, and they were talking about the Netflix Son of Sam documentary. And for those of you who have caught it or have not seen it, it's a four part episode, and it's got some new detail in there. And they cover the main uh, reporter who was trying to dig into uh, that story. And um, I'll tell you right now, uh, you need to be have a drink in your hand while you're watching that because by the time you get into the third episode uh it just knocks your head back with a lot of the stuff that was going on with that now on my show back on the 7th of may i talked about a number of authors uh in that show where i said you know look there's a lot of people out there providing us information who put their lives at risk in some cases who've died trying to get data out that's critical to those of us that want to understand what's going on when it comes to various subjects or backstories on things and I was blown away because uh, Frank Zeller, and now Frank Zeller is different than Frank, quite frankly. It's kind of like V and Velis. Uh, you got to keep us straight. Um, Frank Zeller last night started talking about Danny Casolaro from the Promise Software Story. And that was definitely one of the folks I mentioned. And then he started talking about Gary Webb from the movie Kill the Messenger uh, and the books along with that. And he said the exact same thing I did on the show. I mean, like a cold chill went through my system. He said, we owe these folks uh, for what they, they died for to expose, to expose this detail. Um, then towards, towards his interview, he started getting into some things on K street in Washington, DC and things about the Sarnayev brothers, the guys that set off the bombings in Boston. Yep. Uh, I am not, yeah, I am not repeating on this show what he said. Uh, even I have restraint. I'm not going there. So go check oh, Frank's rebroadcast if you can. All I'll tell you is, is he said some stuff about, about K Street uh, we've talked about here on the show. 
in Washington, D.C., you, like in the heart of the city, you've got a whole bunch of streets that are named for like states. And then going in the other directions, you have streets that are named for letters of the alphabet. So K Street is the street where a lot of the lobbyists are. Uh, but there's some things that go on, on on K Street. And he got into some stuff I'd, I'd never say on the air, but but I'd heard rumors when I was out there. And all I'll say is, if you have a chance, go go check out that that program on Frank's, Frank's show, because the Zellers... The Zellers, every time those guys are on the air, it's like you can just see the cigarette smoke and the two guys sitting at the table in the back of the bar watching the front door doing the Goodfellas thing with the hands up to their mouths as they're talking to you about, about various topics. So let's talk about the shadow uh, organization, shadow army thing that came up on on Gus's show because uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. So walk with me as I go through this. So the first thing is, most of the world's major intelligence agencies, uh, including the United States, have the means to create false identification for people. But for years, that was paper documentation. It was usually a passport. It was some other identifying documentation. But that was kind of the extent of it. And as technology has expanded, and especially as things are becoming ever more interconnected, that's becoming more challenging because you have to create entire identities you can't just have the person's identity pop up in the system two weeks ago. Uh, oftentimes other other countries, when they monitor uh, travel indexes and things, that's, that's an automatic giveaway that that was something that was just recently uh, created. And prior to this program that you've heard about in the news and that Gus was talking about on Wednesday, the ability to do that was, was rather limited. Uh, Israel was very good at this, but Israel has to be because of the nature of what they do. So when this program was created, it blew the doors open. And this is the program that was talked about in the news uh, about, you know, it was revealed in Newsweek of all places, which is immediately suspicious because it's like, why did this appear in Newsweek? Um, about a program where thousands of Americans working for the government have entirely new identities and disguises and all this other sort of stuff. The other thing I would share with you is, is that the U.S. Government Personnel Office, and I lived through this one personally, about 10 plus years ago, the personnel office's entire database of all cleared U.S. government employees and contractors was 100% compromised. Now, the identifying party was, was Chinese intelligence, um, but, you know, maybe it was China, maybe it wasn't. It really doesn't matter because the truth is intelligence agencies sell intel to each other all the time. So regardless of who stole the data, pretty much everybody out there had all of it. And to be blunt, that included me. Uh, everything about every contractor for whom I've ever worked, what were my security clearances when I was there, uh, was I working for which defense contractor at the time, the list goes on. And that was thousands of us that have either worked as contractors or were federal employees. Everything about us was compromised. Now, that was in the news, sort of. But what people really didn't fathom is, is that meant anybody with a secret clearance, top secret clearance or, or secret compartmentalized SCI was, was essentially blown. And due to reciprocity between agencies, because there's this weird little thing in government where like when I was working with FEMA, my FEMA badge was no good at Homeland Security, even though FEMA is part of Homeland Security. Why? Because they don't like each other. <laughs> FEMA, FEMA is sick and tired of being part of Homeland Security. But if I had my Homeland Security badge, I could walk into other federal buildings and they would acknowledge it because it's like, well, you've got a DHS badge and you've been vetted by somebody this and the other. And if I had a Department of Defense badge, well, I was, you know, here's your free drink and your lunch. Um, 
But when agencies have reciprocity, it means that, for instance, I've got to know when somebody comes to visit us from another agency with whom we might be working that they're cool, they're okay. We don't have to put you through all this paperwork to walk in the building or whatever. So the Department of Energy, for instance, they have their own classification system, like the Department of Defense. Uh, and for years, it was different. They didn't really use secret top secret. They used uh, lettered uh, references. And, and the big one back in the day was Q. If you had the letter Q, which is ironic, they had the letter Q, which meant like that's the highest level they could give you. Now, here's a little bit of, of weird, trivial pursuit uh, commentary. Um, Charlton Heston had a Q clearance. And no one ever knew why. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, it was revoked by, I think, Jimmy Carter, uh, just out of spite. Um, so the thing about the Department of Energy that's important is, is the DOE, they deal with nuclear technology. And so they work closely with, with the Department of Defense and others because there are specialized military teams of like electrical engineering backed people with those types of credentials academically who are serving in the military that if God forbid somebody finds a nuclear weapon, you need people who can get in by any means necessary and get the thing disarmed. So there's a lot of cross sharing there. That's, that's what they call reciprocity between the agencies. So third, you can't take all of those people who've been compromised and just put us in another IT system because global intelligence agencies have the original data. They know what you look like. They know who you are. They know your background. So what you would have to do is take a more critical chunk of these people and give them entirely new identities where it's warranted. And that would include disguises. And that's where this program comes in. So the thing about that that, that catches my attention, and I, I knew of things like this back in the day, you have to set up an entirely new IT system that has no identifying information from the old personnel office system. You can't just pick up all that data out of a server and move it into another server and go there. And so creating a completely new system that operates completely differently than the old one, that's expensive. And some contractors had to make some serious dough doing that. Plus, in order to have a program that could build such a system for what was released in Newsweek, it would have to be highly classified and off the books because you have to leave that additional um, protections onto our pre-existing uh, personnel system because that that personnel system is still used today. They just they just change some of the security uh, settings and stuff like that to to try and keep other other people out of there. And this new system then enables almost like Israeli capability of of giving you new identity, perhaps even contact lenses that are differently colored, and the list goes on. Driver's licenses, passports, uh, false school backgrounds, etc. Then. Just for consideration, you have to remember that things like this have sort of existed before, because if you think of the witness protection program, the witness protection program did did very similar because you've got people who might be killed by the mafia or similar. So these people had to be given new identities, new homes and places where they live, disguises that they had to follow, etc. Now, the problem with a system like this is it is absolutely rife with the potential for abuse for a number of reasons. Um, many of these contractors are coming from non-public smaller firms. And many of those firms are run by former feds, and some by former intelligence folks themselves. So when you submit a bill to the government on in kind of classified projects, what tends to happen is, is that because you're approved and cleared and all of that, you just submit a bill to the government and they pay it. 
there isn't a whole lot of going through that because the work is highly classified. There's You don't call in an accountant like you bought furniture from somebody and say, well, I, I think we're missing a couple of desks here. So when it comes to auditing some of these classified programs, it's very, very hard. There's only a handful of accountants in the whole government that have the right clearance to do that. And you really don't call those people in unless it's something really serious. So what can happen is, is that these contractors are in a position to submit X number of people on a bill and say, here are their labor rates and here are these numbers because we're not using names or we're using some sort of code for the total number of people. But what can happen is those folks don't even exist. And I don't mean like it's some, some sort of spy agency, you know, bric-a-brac. I just mean literally they're submitting a false invoice. And there's really no way to know that the contractor's lying unless they've completely exhausted the entire budget. But there's ways around that too. And there's no real way to audit it. So the problem with a program like this is, is now you're really getting into the land of weird because it's like, number one, you're opening the door to potentially a lot of fraud uh, and abuse. However, behind door number two, you have the potential that you've got money that you think is going towards one classified program, but in fact is going towards another classified program. It's my old joke about you want to find something that's classified in government, go look at the Department of Agriculture's budget or go, go look at the uh, Geological Survey Agency. You don't ever run money on really spooky stuff through the spooky agencies. That's too easy. You run it through the Department of Education because nobody's going to look there. Um, the other thing, too, is this the door swings both ways here. It prevents foreign governments from IDing our personnel, whether they were pre-existing or new with these newer and stronger controls. Um, but the other thing is, is that the strong boundaries that were created after the church committee hearings in the 70s, which the purpose of those hearings was to understand, number one, to what degree was the FBI and the CIA working together? Because they weren't supposed to be unless something, you know, crossed over from being domestic into foreign. Uh, but there was a lot of abuse. And so after those hearings, a lot of controls and things were put on our government to uh, and agencies to try and prevent domestic versus overseas work from crossing over. Under a program like this, it's it's virtually impossible, which means kind of to what V and Gus and others were talking about earlier this week, the opportunity to have like actual overseas intelligence people doing work inside the United States is a lot easier because there's there's no way to tell the difference. And then last but not least, the, kind of the obvious one, which is why is this public now? And there's a lot of reasons why that could be. But in the end, to me, depending on a number of factors and also taking into account that our foreign policy a lot of times is being determined on an Etch-a-Sketch, um, a program like this would have had to have been set up at least a decade ago. This is not new. This, is, this has had to have been in place a long time. And it had to be expensive and it had to be very carefully managed. And the government for years has been battling over contractors versus federal employees. I encountered this myself. One of the major defense contractors for whom I worked, when I went to a debriefing at the National Reconnaissance Office, I was stunned to find so many people in the, in the um, cafeteria were either Northrop or other defense, there were actually very few feds. And one of my coworkers kind of laughed and told me and said, well, we kind of, we have, we have the lion's share of the contractor community at this agency. And then our other competitor by this name is over at central intelligence running this section of whatever. But a lot of career federal people and federal people in, in general, they resent that. They resent that all these contractors are 
and I've talked about this on other shows. There's there's a lot of reasons in government why that is. Um, they, there is a perception in government, which a lot of times is true. The contractors are paid more than federal people, that they've got better benefits. Uh, a lot of people I've encountered, not even doing classified work, but just doing, quote unquote, the work of government. Um, they they have been, in my opinion, they've been browbeaten into believing that like working for the government is the only thing they'll ever do. Uh, that that I've, I had several people tell me flat out that they felt like, well, I would never be good enough to work for a commercial firm. And I'm like, well, that's completely untrue. So one of the things that popped up was, is I wondered if there were some people inside the government that wanted this exposed because this would this would open the door to forcing a lot of folks in into government roles rather than being contractors. I don't know. But this is this is horrendously embarrassing to the country. This is horrendously problematic to our intelligence and law enforcement agencies. Um, now, what's interesting is the program exists, but to my knowledge, which doesn't mean anything, but we don't know whether the data in this program has been compromised, and I would say probably not. But it's just all it does is it acknowledges it's there, but it's not like what happened with the Office of Personnel Management. And by the way, when, when the OPM's data was stolen, when the media reported on that, the claim, which may or may not be correct, was we didn't realize it had been stolen for like a year or two, which is pathetic. So this is one of those things we'll have to keep an eye on. If the data of the people in it hasn't been compromised, then they can still keep operating. Then it just kind of becomes the boogeyman of, well, you know, these folks are out there, uh, but God only knows what they're doing. So before I kind of move into some of the other content here, I was going to pause and let UV and CJ jump into that because I know you've, you've probably got some thoughts. I think there's somebody. CJ, there's a background play. I can hear myself. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's on my side. Hello. Testing one, two, three. Yeah, somebody has probably, to open. Probably Vellus. What? Do you have I, a, I, any other tabs open? Oh no, it's gone now. Okay, there we go. Oh, it's gone. All right, cool. All right, so we have an army of sixty thousand, possibly more. Could be could be a hundred and sixty thousand or only hundred and twenty thousand. God only knows, right? So this is their secret spy group. This is their secret police. This is their, you know, paramilitary, para-intel, para-law enforcement, some sort of an amalgam of the SAVAK, the Stasi, and the SS. Um, you, you know, the, the fact that it's been exposed, where do you think this is going to go from here? Noticing or, you know, notating that, you know, every single day every single week every like pretty much every other month more and more the curtain is being pulled back uh do you think this is having an, an effect in terms of other people that are in the military and or civilians that are starting to realize this nonsense i i have to wonder whether or not we're going to continue to encounter more disclosures like this um yeah. which would which would be bad because this is the age-old thing of, yes, these problems exist, and yes, they need to be corrected. And yes, the government rarely gets off its stuff unless their careers or their scams are exposed. But this is significant. Um, I mean, I can't find the verb really uh, to explain this properly. Um, this is, on a certain level, this is as bad as the personnel management data being stolen 10 plus years ago. Because now it means we we did create another system 
and it's out there. And it's more than just, okay, all you classified people, your stuff's over here now. It's right. we're providing disguises. We're providing the means for people to, to hide themselves. And like I said, abuse can mean many things. It could be financial abuse. It can be administrative or agency abuse. Um, it also begs the question, who's allowed to use this program and who isn't? You know, is this is this down to state bureaus of investigation? Is this just the FBI? Is this just CIA and NSA? Is it deeper than that? And I hate to go there because this is almost a virtual um, rabbit hole. But with what we've been hearing about, uh, you know, I joke about the Department of Agriculture, but that stuff's all all true. Now, now we've got people trying to use uh, efforts to monitor the public through the post office. So now it begs the question, are you putting postal people through this? Are you are you putting um, other federal agency people through this? You're going to put the IRS through this. I don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know which agencies are using it. We don't know how many of the 60,000 are real. We don't know what other elements exist inside this program. And we don't know what other disclosures may be forthcoming. Well, the big one's coming, bro. You and I both know what we're to, what I'm talking about, right? I mean, the Donald, Donald, Donald be sw- sworn in on July. Oh no, no, no! That got pushed back. <laughs> it was originally March, and then Trump was going to uh, become president in April, and then it became August. Uh, not, now I'm hearing it's going to be October, right before Halloween. He's gonna, he's gonna, him and the White Hats, which at this point right. could be uh, people that work at White Castle, for all I care. Right. Um, you know, they're going to the, the the you know the White Hats and the Patriots. And the White Castles and the Green Castles, they're all going to come together, and they're going to take over, and everything's going to be fine. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just like how, as I posted in the geostrategic group, you know, all the symbolism of the Russian outfit that Zelensky was wearing and what that really means. And, you know, he's signaling to the uh, to the White Hats that Hunter Biden right now, I don't know if you know this, fellas, but Hunter Biden is arrested. And Joe Biden's never been on Air Force One and, or on, a, on an actual presidential limo. Did you know that? <laughs> and you're watching a movie. None of this is real. Right. Everything's We're in a movie. simulation. <laughs> We're in a simulation. And when you lose your house and you're on the street and destitute, they'll probably still say, This is a simulation. This is, I'm just watching a movie. I've got I've got family members that have joked with me that that on my tombstone will be uh writing that says, uh, take me off this distribution and end this simulation. <laughs> Please. So a, a philosophical comment, folks, before I get into the, the victories section of, of today's uh, program, um, and to, to V's very well said point, um, not going down the road of a white hat or anything like that. Um, but if we slow down and we let the noise subside, uh, do you feel it? I'm not saying hundreds of bad people are going to get mail, and I'm not saying any of the other things that V often jokes about uh, on Rogue. But right now, as I look around, I see governors in trouble or being curtailed in their emergency powers. There's several U.S. governors who's, you know, uh, bipartisan efforts have said, you're not allowed to issue any more executive orders, whether it comes to that thing from last March or anything else. Uh, as we just discussed, and as, as V and I were, were uh, talking about, there are disclosures and revelations all over the place about our government, other things from the past, between governments, foreign affairs. Um, the FBI is getting hit literally every week. I've got a point on that one that's stunning that came out yesterday. 
um, major political players are on the defensive, whether it's Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, Maxine Waters, uh, or people digging up the legacy stuff on what really happened with Harry Reid. And I'll speak to a moment about Louis Free uh, and the apocalyptic problem that's been connected to him. Uh, media companies are bleeding cash. ESPN technically should have gone bankrupt by now if it wasn't for the fact Disney's keeping them afloat. Yep. Bill Gates, Les Wexner, Jeff Bezos, Jack Dorsey, who's continuing to pursue his lifelong dream of becoming Howard Hughes, uh, Jean-Luc Brunel. Not even close. And, and other billionaires <laughs> yeah. are, are in a never-ending uncomfortable spotlight. Even Tim Cook this week was revealed that he handed over all of Apple's customer data to the Chinese government just so that they could continue to do business there. We also have disclosures this week that Bloomberg. When you uh, said Tim Cook, I accidentally, my mind came into the, the, the picture that popped up in my mind was Tim Pool. I'm like, Tim Pool gave the Chinese our data? What? Well, it was in the cat. It was a chip that was inside the oh, cat. Oh, right, in the cat that he was holding hostage, right. <laughs> um. Bloomberg, both as a person and as a, as a company, um, we've had disclosures about them and their relationship with the Chinese government. A whole bunch of photos have just suddenly hit the press. Um, the Ghislaine Maxwell case, as I've discussed ad nauseum, is, is a global landmine that will take out a ton of people, most of them bad, um, if it's not managed properly. And the alternative news and commentary community is literally drowning the globalists as they try and, tr try and stop us from telling the truth. I had some friends reach out to me recently and say, well, you know, I've heard this platform or that platform uh, has been uh, purchased by somebody in Silicon Valley. And I said, but it doesn't matter. They, they of all people should know this. I even said this on another show where, where V, CJ and myself, uh, we could make a heck of a moneymaker by just creating content platforms and then daring Silicon Valley to buy us. And then as soon as they do use that money to start another platform, because this is like what's happening. Every time they shut down a platform for people's content, two, three more pop up. I mean, this is this is real, honest to God, synchronous warfare here, folks. And a single hearing uh, by the U.S. government with Dr. You Know Who by Rand Paul. And suddenly a federal agency completely reverses themselves and their policies in 72 hours. One minute they're saying, well, we think it's a million lives and that should be the new number. And a week later, it's like, you know what? No, it was only 6% of all of those were actually due to the thing. And it's like, wow. Because my first thought is, as a federal agency, how do you even have any legitimacy at this point? Like, are you aware of anything at this point going on? You have all these PhDs. Aren't they supposed to know something, anything? Um, we have details leaking out everywhere about Mohammed bin Salman and Silicon Valley and major banks, which we covered here on the show extensively on a particular show, and the true state of the economy. And then again, my thanks to, to Frank over, quite frankly, he profiled, um, it's, it's quite stunning actually, he profiled on one of his shows this week that in France, and I do not speak French, uh, there's a song called Dancer Encore, who's become part of flash mobs, but it's spread from France to other countries. And it blew my mind. I'm watching Frank showing uh, train stations in France and Germany, parks in Holland and Belgium, where people just break out into uh, this song and start dancing. Now, the, the lyrics of the song are, it's a very old song, and it's about resisting the king and finding joy in life in spite of the king's authority. And I was blown away by that because I thought, 
they're losing control. It's it's breaking down. The the billionaires or the globalists, however we want to refer to them, they're losing control. And this is not V's reference to exceptional stand. That's that's more of a U.S. centric kind of, of reference. This is bigger. This is global. This is the war between the globalists and the nation states. Now, again, my normal 600 warnings. I'm not saying that Jesus is going to address the U.S. House of Representatives. I'm not saying that Shiva and Vishnu are going to address the United Nations. I'm not saying that any uh, any belief system of any deity anyone believes in is going to suddenly show up and say, it's cool, I've got it, everything's fine. As I've said many, many times, this is a distance race. This is not a sprint. And that's what we're trying to do here at Rogue is, is help you all unpack this stuff. But just in the past two to three months, so much has started to break down. So much date. Now, I know a lot of people, and I say this many times on this program, get depressed, bummed out. It's like, God, this is depressing. And it's like, I understand that. But you can't fight what you don't understand. You can't fight what you don't understand the, the true scope of. And that's what's happening. And although his personal life was a mess, uh, Hunter S. Thompson, the, the author and from the movie uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Hunter S. Thompson once said, the truth when you finally chase it down is almost always far worse than your darkest visions and fears. But that doesn't mean you should be afraid of it. Right. So with that, let's move in to some victories. Um, the Upper Arlington area, which is a suburb outside Columbus, Ohio, uh, parents have been attending school board meetings in larger and larger numbers and really lit up the school board this week about their policies, whether it's woke ideologies or similar. Uh, stunningly, Randy Weingarten, the president of the American Federation of Teachers, made the mistake of appearing on C-SPAN. Now, I, I, I know the jokes about C-SPAN for years, and I had friends come visit me in Washington, and we would go to sports bars, and they'd, <laughs> they'd look at me at all the big TVs and the dark bar and say, well, where's the game? And I'm like, this is the game. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, every TV in here is CNBC, Bloomberg, C-SPAN. We've got some foreign press up here with subtitles. And he's like, but where's the sports games? And I'm like pointing at the TVs going, you're in Washington. This is the sports game. When you go to a sports bar in D.C., a lot of times there's no sports unless it's soccer or cricket. It's it's we're watching what's going on to us. The big game. We're watching this. Um, well, Randy Weingarten was on C-SPAN. And the other thing I love about C-SPAN is, is there's there's no BS. There's no opinion. There's no. Well, here's our take on it. No, there's none of that. It's just here's the straight feed. We'll have some people call in. A whole bunch of parents started calling in and grilling the president of the American Federation of Teachers about everything from that agency uh, because they gave guidance to them on whether or not schools should reopen and uh, a whole bunch of other topics where that union has gotten involved. And you got to be pretty upset to go hunt down this person when they're on C-SPAN. So you got to know the anger level is pretty high if they had to go find her on, on C-SPAN. Uh, Virginia and Loudoun County again. We almost talked about this one weekly. Um, the parents out there, uh, what they did, and this is a classic Cold War move. Uh, one of the things I was often told uh, in the international affairs study was, don't don't get into intellectual arguments with the Soviet Union. Just just use their leaders' own statements against them. And it's the same thing here. The parents, what they did was they printed up huge placards making it very easy for the media to take pictures and catch the text. And what happened was, is To Kill a Mockingbird was banned by the school system because it endorses white savior mentality. 
but they had all these other books with this unbelievable content about various things the parents didn't didn't want. So they used their time to address the school board by literally reading the text out of these books. Um, and that's a great tactic, by the way, folks. Um, you know, you make the stuff large if the media is there so that the media can get photos of it. People, again, as, as the old saying goes, the, the public is learning how to fight. They're learning how to deal uh, with this stuff and embarrass these school boards. Uh, we had a 10-year-old boy in Florida uh, called out his teachers at a school board meeting for yell yelling it at him and his classmates for slipping a mask to the side when they were outdoors, outdoors, to take a drink of water. Yet the teachers were removing theirs frequently because the teachers told the students, well, there's different rules for us. And it was quite embarrassing to have this, this uh, his his little photo montage there made, made its way uh, out all over the place. Um, remember Robert Kennedy, folks, uh, from the medical side of things, uh, the Children's Health Defense Organization. Uh, he's got a lot of good content out there, and he's got more content than just stuff about kids. So that's worth uh, taking a look at. Um, there's a couple of pieces I picked up this week about there's a lot of pressure being applied from uh, mainstream media and Silicon Valley on independent media and investigative journalists because they can't control the narrative. And the angrier they get, the happier I am, because it, it means they're losing control of what they think is the narrative. Uh, Steven Crowder, who's a, a person's guy's on show on YouTube, he's suing YouTube uh, for uh, pulling him off, off uh, their platform, uh, which joins the pre-existing lawsuit from all the folks that were taken off last October during the Night of the Long Knives. Um, and then this one from this morning, uh, yet another example. Uh, a Target employee. Uh, lawyered up and told their manager, you know, very respectfully, I'm not obeying the mandate about that thing on my face. And you have no power to enforce it. And here's why. And here's the number of my attorney. So he was sent home and told they're terminated. And then Target called them back later that night and said, you're you're not terminated. Uh, come back in for your shift tomorrow. And they they revoked the store's mandate about, you know, wearing a mask. So again, as I've said often, take a look at what other people have done. Take a look at what other information is already out there. A lot of folks have already done the legwork. Uh, the group he worked with was called America's Frontline Doctors, or AFLDS. Um, they had a bunch of data that they provided uh, to his attorney, and the rest took care of itself. Um, corporate accountability. After the woke campaigns last year by several Fortune 50 firms, I'm sure a number of you have seen this. Um, there's a group called Consumer Research. And by the way, they're, they're nothing new. They've been around since 1929. So it's not like this just popped out of nowhere. They've created media campaigns to target American Airlines, Coca-Cola, and Nike uh, for their various practices against their own employees. And um, they're targeting them for their woke campaigns by saying you need to clean your own house because look at all the lawsuits your own employees have brought against your firms. Uh, you're using conflict minerals from kids that are basically enslaved in Africa, and you've been exploiting offshore labor for years. Uh, I posted uh, a lot of that detail on my Velis, uh, hashtag Velis on Discord on 518. Political. Uh, Wisconsin has launched an audit of their own about the election, and as I'm sure a number of you have seen, we now have counties in Oregon that have voted to join what's being called Greater Idaho. Um, beginning to wonder what the American Civil War 2.0 is going to look like. Um, and to quote from, you've often heard us say it on the show, um, 
There's a famous poem by Gil Scott Heron about uh, the revolution will not be televised. Uh, that evidently goes for Civil War 2.0. So it's going on. It's just not being reported. Um, Mark McCloskey, uh, the guy in Missouri who stepped out with the AR uh, to defend his house and BM, BLM was marching by his house. Uh, he's running for the U.S. Senate, the state of Missouri. Uh, I don't know that he has much of a chance, but it, it does make for interesting theater. Um, Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania had their executive powers restrained, same as Ohio. Um, let's see here. Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer. We've been hearing a lot about this guy. This is the Space Force officer who was dismissed uh, about opposing uh, critical race theory. A um, couple of things about this, because as always, there's a little bit more backstory here. The first is he's no slouch. He's piloted. He holds dual master's degrees. Um, and as I've held several security clearances myself uh, over the years, uh, he's also a lieutenant colonel. And he knew he was going to take a bullet over this, in my opinion. There's, there's no way he didn't. Uh, but the victory on this is several fold. He stood up knowing what was going to happen. Uh, secondly, uh, the book he was talking about, The uh, Irresistible Revolution, Marxist Goals of Conquests and Unmaxing of the American Military. Uh, first of all, that's his book. So he was promoting, and, and that really kind of is the thing. He was promoting his own book. It's not so much the, the content necessarily, even though that's how it's kind of been spun. Um, because, but the universe has a sense of humor. His book is now number one on Amazon. So I, I think with book fees, he's, he's more than made up for being dismissed from the military. Um, the police lieutenant terminated for contributing money to the legal defense fund of Kyle Rittenhouse is now bringing a lawsuit for denial of his due process. And yeah, we've got several police departments out there. Unfortunately, some of you may be aware of this. There's this thing in the news where uh, if you've been charged with something, but you haven't been convicted, or found guilty or anything else. The case hasn't even gone to court yet. Law enforcement, depending on the state you're in, they can seize your assets and sell them. And if you're found innocent, they're under no legal obligation to, to get your stuff back or, or pay you for what you've lost. And there's been a number of court cases now uh, by rights groups and others that are saying you can't you can't do that. And in part, that's that is one of the like if you're into the intricacies of the law, that's one of the things that led to the Supreme Court this week even the Supreme Court being the way they are, said you can't just unilaterally enter somebody's home and remove their firearms because that's property. I mean, regardless of the emotion around the firearm topic. So I'll pause with all of that and ask you guys if you've got some input, otherwise we can we can roll the clip. And before we roll the clip, uh, let me give some commentary on the clip. <laughs> roll clip. Have I changed my pants? No. Deep down, you know you want to wear wider bottoms, you're just not secure enough to do it. Prove it, sucker. Prove it. Prove we're wrong. Do I do my hair with a weed whacker? I admit. Beam me up here. Do I wear skinny ties? Yeah. Coach, wide ties make me look heavier than I am, and I'm heavy enough. Are you going to resign? Are you going to resign? I've never been a quitter. I don't think I'll quit now. Mr. Gephardt says you should. Mr. Gephardt has no balls. Beam me up. <laughs> I say it's time for Congress to shove these illegal tactics right up the assets of the IRS. I think it's time for our president, Mr. Bush, to say, read my lips, get out. What we're saying is, read my pocketbook, 
Beam me up, Mr. Speaker. It's time for President Bush to say, read my lips. This president has gone from Disney to Spielberg. Looney Tunes to outer space. He's not finished yet. I predict his next production will be a Stephen King thriller. Since the bomb did not detonate, it was not deadly. Beam me up, Mr. Speaker. News reports say after a game-winning goal at a soccer match in Spain, a player celebrated by biting his teammate who scored on the genitals. Beam me up. Now, I've heard of high fives, back slaps, butt slaps, but ladies and gentlemen, this takes the family jewel. God almighty here. I yield back what has now become known as the big bite. Heavy enough to cause a hernia for the jolly green giant. <clears throat> Maybe it's the type of jobs that are being created. Check this out. How about a handkerchief folder? A drawstring knotter? A hooker inspector? A pantyhose crotch closer machine operator supervisor? I'm a jackass. A muff winder? A fur blower? <laughs> a wizard operator? A brazier cup Molder fitter. I probably should have been a little bit more diplomatic. How about a drawstring knotter? That's really a goal in life. Screw supervisor, nut former, ball it. sorter, needle straightener, bucket chucker, slitter, creaser, slaughter operator. Don't laugh. These are all jobs listed by the Department of Labor. You better help my district after I'm in jail, too, or I'll come visit them. I'd have to say, beam me up. And I think these screw supervisors all work for the Internal Revenue Service. Show me the beef. The Department of Agriculture has come to several conclusions. Number one, big farm animals produce more manure than small farm animals. And number two, manure stinks. Well, I'm Congressman. You don't rape my constituents. Beam me up, Mr. Speaker. $200 million to determine that manure stinks. I think they should be handcuffed to a chain link fence, flogged, and all of their hearsay evidence should be thrown the hell out. And if they lie again, I'm going to go over and kick them in a the crotch. Thank you very much. <laughs> I miss James Trafficant. I miss James Trafficant. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, people so, don't realize how much truth. I mean, they, they, oh, my God, the things they did to him, they put him in prison the whole nine yards. But God almighty, that guy. Well, and folks, just, just a little color there. Some of you might be like, who the heck is this? Um, Jim Trafficant was a great American. And yes, he I, was. I, I referenced him a few times. And, I, and in fairness to all sides, whether you're talking about great Republicans like Henry Hyde, or great Democrats like Daniel Patrick Moynihan, uh, Jim deserves his own place. He had very much a P.T. Barnum kind of level of flair. Um, but here's some takeaways about Jimmy. What were Jim's big areas that he used to constantly fight for in government? Number one, protecting property rights of the average person against the courts and law enforcement. Now, a little, a little more color about Jim. Jim represented a district in Northeast Ohio, and that area was heavy, heavy steel mills. And they lost like 50,000 jobs in that area of the state in the course of a few months. And Jim went to Washington to try and fight for his district. The other area that Jim fought for other than the average person's right to protect their property, please see previous example of having your stuff uh, sold on the open market, was he went after the IRS heavy. 
He wanted them reconstituted, if not eliminated. He wanted the Treasury Department to operate differently. Um, the other one was he felt that the FBI was exceeding their authority and had gotten out of control. And he also had no love for the Federal Reserve. He was one of those people that kept arguing uh, about, uh, I want the books checked and this, that, and the other. And I don't know what the heck the, the Federal Reserve is doing. And last but not least, a topic we've discussed many times on this program. Jim Traficant felt that U.S. foreign policy was completely and 100% at the mercy of the state of Israel. Yep. So you can imagine what, what happened. Now, here's a little bit more about Jim Traficant. Jim Traficant came from an area of Ohio where you just can't get anything done unless you have some dealings with local organized crime. I don't mean big, widespread folks out of you know, the New York area, but you just can't get things done up there. And Early in his career, they got him on tape taking money from organized crime and promising certain favors to organized crime. And they brought him up on charges. And Jim Traficant represented himself in court. And the government thought, well, man, this is open and shut. We got this. And so to a jury of his peers from Northeast Ohio, Jim said, actually, I was running my own clandestine investigation into organized crime because I was looking out for the good people of Northeast Ohio. And the jury, <laughs> the jury said, sounds good to us. And they let him go. And if you watch any of the news clips of early, you know, reporters now who are, who are gray and, and, you know, are quite seasoned in their careers, who are still, you know, field reporters, standing there on the courthouse steps with complete shock, looking at the audience on 2020, you know, back in the early 80s, saying, he got off. I, how, how did Jim Trafficant get off? Um, but as the years went by, I mean, Jim's, some of Jim's comments, I've got a clip of him where a bunch of reporters are getting in his face, and he's, he's wearing a white leisure suit. <laughs> and he's pointing at, at uh, these reporters, and he's like, I'll kick your ass right here. And they're like, well, we're filming. And he's like, I'm Jim Trafficant. I don't care. There's a documentary about him that came out. And it's uh, yeah, Ed, yeah. I can't remember his last name, but uh, the guy from, um, uh, oh, dear God, uh, not Parks and Recreation. Um, oh, well, fa uh, Fox Fox TV show, the family sitcom, um, Married with Children. Um, uh, um, yeah, I forgot his name. Al Bundy. Was, yeah, he was from. Uh, that area of Ohio. And they had a lot of other famous people that, that, you know, and, and it was like, first of all, Jim's hair, you know, they, we used to hear people call it the muskrat on his head. Um, Jim's wife was a beautician. She made his hair look like that on purpose because Jim's whole way of operating was to make you put your guard down. So he went in, you saw in one of the clips, in one of the, the comments he was making there, Yes, folks, that blue colored suit he was wearing when he was making a comment to the House representatives there. Yes, that was an actual jean, blue jean suit that he was wearing. And a suit. <laughs> with with, with uh, the hair. But that's that's how he disarmed people because he had this P.T. Barnum level to him. And you didn't understand that he knew everybody. He knew how to work behind the scenes with everybody. He knew how to get stuff done. And when they finally, finally took him down. Um, if you watch any of those clips on C-SPAN or YouTube, uh, it's stunning because he was very, very cool, calm, and collected when he said, basically, I know I'm going to prison. 
And then he started going bullet by bullet by bullet point over everything they, they did to try and bring him down, all the laws that were broken. And because, again, the universe has a sense of humor, it was none other than Ron Paul who came to Jim Traficant's defense on the floor of the house and basically said, this, this is BS. I mean, it's Traficant. We know what we're dealing with when it comes to Jim. But my, you know, my fellow representatives, we have violated every law there is, every rule there is. And this, this can't happen because if they do it to Jim, they're going to do it to others. And uh, he kept making statements when he was in prison. And when he knew he was going to prison, that was the scene there where he basically said that, that if any more businesses were going to get yanked out of the Midwest, you know, he was coming for those people. Um, so anywho, I, I miss people like that in government. Um, kind of same thing with Jim Bird out of West Virginia. I mean, Jim Jim was the same way. The, the joke in that part of the world was Jim Bird had served, or Robert Bird, I'm sorry, Robert Bird had served in both the Confederate uh, government and the U.S. government. Uh, but the people of West Virginia love him because he got all those highways built and they have some of the best infrastructure <laughs> in the whole country. Um, some other some other points here as we wrap up. Uh, Paul Mooney passed away this week. Um, great comedian. And I oh, know, he, yeah, he had a knack for making people um, of every belief and background uncomfortable, but that's OK. Um, he was a very erudite man and he was a very real human being on the human condition itself. And he went after secret societies and nasty crap in Hollywood all the time. And so to uh, kind of reference one of his routines that got him in a lot of trouble, I'm sure Oprah Winfrey is breathing a lot of relief because now no one is going to keep talking about the Boule cult, of which she's supposedly been part. Um, caution, folks. Again, we've talked about this before. Uh, Peter Thiel is evidently investing in Rumble. And I know there's some folks on the political landscape who think that's great. And I would caution again, you have to remember, uh, Peter Thiel invested in Facebook. We've talked about it here on Rogue. Uh, he saw it as a social engineering experiment, not about making money. And so if he's investing in a platform like Rumble uh, or anything in the alternative community, you got to wonder, because I don't think it's about money. Uh, you got to wonder what's uh, what's that all about. Um by the way, when did Bill Gates get involved in ph philanthropy, everybody? Uh, it was around the time of the antitrust investigations into Microsoft and other billionaires had advised him to leverage That's philanthropy. Bob. You're just jealous of his philanthropy. <laughs> to clean up his image. Uh, it also makes a great tax dodge. Um, and I agree with Gus's comments from Wednesday. Uh, in fact, I think Bill Gates' soon-to-be ex-wife uh, probably pulled the same page out of the book that Jack Welch of GE fame's former wife did. She learned from the master. And now we have all these disclosures all across Silicon Valley, because that's that's another thing I'm wondering about is a lot of these stories, especially embarrassing stories about certain people in Silicon Valley. Um, that's kind of what happened to Jack Welch. Jack Welch's wife started releasing data about GE. She started releasing data about other wealthy people in New York. And there was a great wailing heard throughout the gates of heaven by powerful people telling Jack Welch, we don't give a damn what she wants, Jack, just pay her. Make this end. She's in, she's embarrassing us. She's coming after us. And it seems like uh, Bill Gates's ex-wife is kind of doing a similar move. There's been a lot of coverage on the news this week also, folks, about Steve Jobs' uh, widow, uh, Lauren Powell Jobs, which is unfortunate. Um, she owns the Atlantic magazine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She also controls uh, Axios, uh, the DC news organization, has an HBO show. 
Uh, it's we got a lot of revelations uh, coming out about her, which again makes me wonder where that's coming from. Um, about how heavily involved she is in a number of news organizations and charities. Um, Joel Skosen of World Affairs Brief, and I apologize if I mispronounced his name. He had an interesting takeaway this week I wanted to share, which is uh, if you're on the edge of a tax bracket, you may want to look at your finances now and you know possibly putting more money in your 401k or similar. His advice was due to the kind of inflation we know is going to continue to increase, the government is probably going to revise the tax brackets accordingly due to inflation. And if that happens, some of you may find yourself, if you're close between one or two tax brackets, you may find yourself getting uh, getting bumped. And then the Louis Free thing, um, just to remind us how for sale a number of senior government officials are. Daily Mail, of all things, had a story this week about how Louis Free, the former FBI director, uh, in 2016, back when Joe Biden was still vice president, he donated $100,000 to a trust for Joe's grandkids and at the same time was speaking with Joe about how he could work with Hunter Biden with Hunter as the middleman on various lucrative deals. Now, Joe was still vice president and I mean, I know we all know this. Major, major legal no-no, but he's not gonna probably get nailed for that. Louis Free later got in trouble for working with a consulting practice that he had where he had a number of very shady clients and three of those folks were later nailed for being corrupt foreign government officials. So I also have to wonder whether or not Joe's grandkids will actually ever see any of that money. Uh, one last item here is, no, I'm going to skip that. And I'm going to skip that too. Oh, Car and Driver magazine back in 2019 had an article about Amazon was purchasing a significant increase in delivery vehicles for their fleet from Daimler, Ford, uh, Fiat, and Chrysler. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazon <laughs> was uh, upping the size of their fleet just in time for home delivery. And last but not least, who's the most profitable company on earth? Uh, for those of you who've seen my Discord section, it's not Apple and it's not the oil industry. It's the Federal Reserve. Yep. yep. So with that, I turn it back to you and CJ. No, man, you did a, you cover the gambit. I'm getting a lot of feedback on my end. I don't know why. See, do you want to chime in? Because I, I, I could barely hear myself. Um, yeah. Uh, Velas, I think you have YouTube open in the background or something. No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't. It's, it's closed. It is. Okay. Um, so, you know, and again, I think it's very interesting in the dynamics that you think of the personalities and the people that are willing just to put it all on the line in, in uh, DC and, I mean, it, it, very outspoken, very driven. And I wish that we had more people like that in Washington, D.C., but un, unfortunately don't. And and uh, I'm just I'm just sticking to the guns that I I've, I've went with uh, since the last time that I participated in a federal election. And that was that was Trump. Uh, I will no longer be participating in federal elections because I don't think that there's any resolution to Washington, D.C. under the current system. Uh, the CJ, system. You, you're not waiting for August, man. You got <laughs> to trust the system. I'm, I'm sorry, October, October. You got to wait for October siege. And if you vote, and if you vote and participate in the current system, you have no re reason to bitch and complain because you participated in it. So, um, I've I've taken the Jeff Berwick route. That's all I have. Very well said. Um. Uh, Velas, thank you for coming on and, and breaking this down for us. You ran a, an absolute gambit of uh, of information <laughs> and, and touch and touch points that people need to uh, go back, listen to, jot down, and look into as well. Because uh, 
all of this is uh, painting a picture of a very, very dynamic, very stressed, very uh, a, a system itself that is literally right now going through a massive transition. And uh, yeah, you did it. It was awesome. And, and again, it, it was great to see uh, and hear James Traffic can again, bro. He's he's amazing. He is amazing. I, I miss him. I miss him terribly. And my thanks to you both, as always, for uh, letting me come on the show. And uh, my normal apology to all of you in the listening audience for the the fire hose that I t- <laughs> I tend to open up with. But again, the the Velas page on uh, on Discord's got I've got a lot of content there. In fact, uh, a number of the things that I raised during during the program are are uh, posted there. And yeah, uh, yeah. enjoy your your upcoming holidays, folks. We will continue to see a lot of disclosures in a lot of different places in a lot of different ways. And that's also why in the resources section of Discord, we've got a lot of the different places you can look to find those things. Um, final comment, too. Keep a close eye, everyone, on the country of Chile. Um, because there's been unbelievable political activity down there of late. And uh, I smell... <laughs> I smell a possible political overthrow coming, but we'll see. Very well said. And with that being said, folks, we are at the end of the show. Thank you all for listening in. Enjoy your weekends. CJ, take it away.